Hello, and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Today we are joined by the award-winning author, C.J. Barr. Hi, C.J., how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you, Ari? I'm doing wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Um, Okay, so... I think first I have to talk about an antidote. So I set up the room and I had, I did it a couple of times because I either didn't use it. I try to use the picture um, that I'm using for what, what I'm wearing for the evening. And a couple of times I have fudged that and I have, <laughs> I've forgotten to update it. And it's been the prior picture. So three times I did that tonight. with yours. <laughs> so, so anyways, I did that. And I had forgot that I copied and pasted your bio, and then I put your link in it. And <laughs> when I invited you, I put copy-paste, and I didn't check to make sure that I did the link. So I invited you to your own book page. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but the link worked. <laughs> well, good. That's awesome. Um, I have you actually on my other computer in here on your website as well, because I like to be able to refer just in case. Um, okay, so I'm going to go ahead and get this started. So with six books to your name, um, starting from 2014 to 2021, I find myself wanting to hear about, are you ready for it? Okay. <laughs> Does the shoe fit you now? Publicly. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm not done. Published in 1995 in a book 12 of the Marion Zimmer Bradley Sword and Sorceress. Now, I know that you put Sword and Sorceress in your bio, and I had found a few interviews, and you had made a reference to a Cinderella story, but you never once said a title. And so I was like, you know what? I am just going to find this. (laughs) I don't even think it's in print anymore. Actually, I think it is. And I told my husband this story and he says, you realize we have some of those books on our shelves. I'm like, really? We have this? (laughs) It's it's an interesting story because, you know, um, I became a writer because I was an avid reader through Mm -hmm. my parents always having books. And when I finished a book that I particularly loved the world, I would just like write my own scenes to make the story last longer. And of course, then that morphed into uh, writing originals. And finally, somebody said, you should submit to this anthology, write something. And I'm like, okay. And I wrote it up, sent it in. So first short story, professionally done. First place I sent it into was my first sale. Wow. Which was shocking. And it's interesting because um, Marion Zimmer Bradley is a huge author that I love to pieces. So I was very honored. And in her introduction to my story, she goes, I hate um, retold fairy tales. <laughs> and she goes, but I really <laughs> like this one. So I had to buy it. Aww. And um, it's, I guess, almost what you would consider flash fiction, fiction now. It's like short. It's only like fifteen hundred words or so, right? And what it is is um, pretty much Cinderella after she gets married to her prince, 
decides that her uh, prince isn't so charming anymore. <laughs> and she she's working working hard at that castle, cleaning things and, you know, doing everything she was, you know, doing before. And she said, I don't need this and walks away. Oh, wow. She leaves her prince. So, yeah. And then and then it took me, you know, 40 more years to sell something again. <laughs> I actually I read that. Um because that actually leads into my next question. So I'm glad that you brought that up. So after Does the Shoe Fit You Now, <laughs> um, you there was about eight years before Forged in Fire, okay? Yeah. Um, and that was published in 2017. And the years between, here's where I'm interested <laughs> Okay, I told you this was not going to be your normal interview. If you thought you were going to get away with not telling me the other day, you got nothing coming. <laughs> okay, so from 2009 to 2014, you were a music editor on movies such as The Space Between, Bob's New Suit, the Secret Circle, Tainted Love, One Night Surprise, and tell me how does that help with you being a writer? Tell me the the stretch between the two. Well, um, what what uh, Ari is talking about is my career, my day job, so to speak, as a music <laughs> editor, um, which. I'll date myself, started back in fall of 1989 as an assistant music editor and eventually morphed in. But um, music editing, I work really closely with um, composers and the producers, and I help uh, put the music into the TV shows or the films, mm -hmm. which um, is a weird right-left brain thing because it takes, you know, the, the, the smart side of the brain and then the creative side of the brain. Okay. And um, so <clears throat> um, I love music. Obviously, I was a musician. I played right. clarinet. And, um, and actually, when I write, I listen to uh, instrumental soundtracks. I sort, uh -huh. of like, I sort of like score my own writing. Wow. That is kind of cool. I, you know, not that this is about me, but sometimes I like to make <laughs> reference points. Okay, this is not about me. But just because you say that, um, I a long time ago someone had asked me or something because they, you know, music and how you picture your world when you're writing play. I to me play a lot together, and yeah, I was yeah, once I asked, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. So I was once asked uh, what I listen to when I write, because I do have one series that has some steamy scenes in it. All <laughs> uh, I was asked about that, and I said Christmas music. And they were like, <laughs> they're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, sorry to say it's Christmas music. <laughs> yeah, I find I can't write to music that has lyrics if somebody's singing. You know, if yes. it's if, if yes. a if a voice was being used as an instrument, in other words, like somebody humming or no actual words, I can deal with that. But 
you know, p- people, fellow writers list there. These were, this was my playlist while writing. And they're all like, you know, rock and roll songs or this kind of songs. I'm like, that would drive me crazy. <laughs> you know what would happen if that were happening to me. Next thing I know, I'd be typing the words of the song. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, wait a minute. Where did this come from? <laughs> um, so I found a quote from you in about, I think it was from 2018. Would you mind if I read it? Oh, no, not at all. I wonder what you found. (laughs) (laughs) You say, I work hard for my writing because it doesn't come easy. Now, has the last three years since you said that, has that changed the perspective any? Uh, I still stand by that statement, actually. Okay. Um, I love to write, but it's it's really hard, henceforth, why there's years between my books. I may not be like George R. R. Martin slow, but um, it's hard. It's hard. I, can, I, I, I think part of it is a little perfectionist in me. And I'll keep, you know, I'll write something. And I'm like, oh, that's not right. Instead of just getting the story down and then editing. <laughs> so I, I'm kind of like my own worst hurdle that I did. Uh, I so. get you. I, I did hear, I did hear another um, thing that you had said. <laughs> and I didn't write it down, but oh. I am going to mention it. Simply okay. because we're talking about, um, your writing and how much it takes from you. I hear that you don't plot it out. You don't write it all down. <laughs> I don't actually. I'm a, I'm a <laughs> die in the wool pantser though. Um, another fellow author of mine is the complete opposite and outlines everything before she starts uh-huh. writing. So she's kind of, kind of made me a hybrid now. So <laughs> I, I don't do a strict outline nowadays, but I sort of have it, uh, you know, I get my idea of my uh, beginning, middle, and end, and then sometimes a few more details in between before I start writing. But uh, most of the time, I just have a concept and, and then start running, see where it takes me. Well, I'll I'll be honest with you. I'm similar in some aspects. I start with a plot, and as I'm writing, then I have like another sheet where. Like, you know how you your characters develop, mine develop as the story goes, and then I yeah. copy and paste, throw that in my uh, <laughs> my other little doc I have on the side about the character. Because for me, when I'm writing, it's like reading a new book. And when I get to the ending, that's where it's hard. Because once I know how the book ends, I don't want to write anymore. It's like, well, this is no fun no more. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, usually, I usually get stuck about three quarters of the way in. I kind of get through the middle, but then I jump to the end. I'm like, oh, I'm missing some stuff. I need to go back. (laughs) Now, I said, I did hear something about uh, walking through fire. Um, I heard that this was a contest entry. Go ahead. Yeah, no. um, I actually um, tried to get uh, an agent and publishers to read it and nobody was biting. So <clears throat> I went the contest route right? and um, two of them was uh, something, oh gosh, it's been so long ago. It's like um, where you had to submit the start, the first chapter and the last chapter of your book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it sounds like finish the damn book contest or something like that. 
<laughs> and, and then there was another one like great beginnings. So, um, and the first chapter, uh, spoiler alert in walking through fire is my hero drowning in a cave. So he becomes a ghost, but, um, which, um, came to me in a dream. And I'm like, why am I dreaming about a guy drowning in a cave? And so I built a whole story around for him. But um, I had two requests through the contest. One I won, one I came in second. Um, the first was a request from Harlequin, but the second one was from uh, the Wild Rose Press ah. and asked for the full. And I sent it into my wonderful editor, Amanda Barnett, and she loved it and contracted me. Yay. <laughs> well, it so. sounds like a how Now, so I'm curious because you say that you really have to work for you. Was because it was a contest, or wait a minute, first let me ask you this. Was Walking Through Fire finished before you submitted it? Correct. It was totally okay. done. Okay. Because my, my question on that was like, so did this pressure of the contest make you finish it quicker? But since you said it was already done, that's a mute point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, especially since the one contest, I think, finished the damn, that damn book was you had to have a last chapter. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it takes, I'm a little slow sometimes, but I got no, you. Okay. <laughs> so, no, but oh, what's really funny is when Amanda called me, it was on April 1st. Oh. Like, this isn't an April <laughs> Fool's joke, is it? And she goes, no, no. I'm serious. I really want your book. Mm. Yeah, and if you guys were friends, I'd be really questioning. Mm, really? Really? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. Oh, a second. I'm sorry. Oh, that's okay. There we go. Okay, so now we've mentioned um, Walking Through Fire. Mm -hmm. We mentioned Forged in Fire, which, by the way, we kind of brought those in reverse order from House yeah. of but that's all right. Um, that just makes you reference that I do know that. <laughs> <laughs> so now let's talk about where Cassan Thomas has returned and redeemed by fire. Yes, she uh, used to live in California and... Her life, because I don't want to spoil anything, kind of implodes on her. So she moves back to New Orleans. Okay. And um, she is half Haitian. So okay. she and she has degrees in psychology and um, sociology. She was a social worker out in California. Okay. So she decides to take her degrees and open a psychic shop. Ooh, ooh! Because um, she figures, you know, I know the meanings of the cards. I can read people's body languages. I'll put my degree to that use. And then one night, walking home, she is nabbed by a serial killer that's stalking the French Quarter. Ooh. Do do do! <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute! I don't even know if I've got a sound card. Like, well, let's try this. One. <laughs> Wait a minute! Hold on, I gotta turn the. I do my own music. <laughs> well, and if I were even a better in this, there we go. Now we, now we can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the same, but you know, got to deal with what I got here. Um, so as we're talking about the series, tell mm -hmm. me a little overall about the series, like from the first two books 
because you've already mentioned the third, but tell us a little bit how this led and the just a little bit of the background, what you can tell let, without giving us <laughs> Okay, so I like to call it uh, the Fire Chronicles is the name okay. of the series. And um, it hopefully one day will be seven books if I ever write fast enough. <laughs> and my editor <laughs> continues to like the stories I send her. Mm-hmm. Um, I call them sort of like interconnected standalones. So you could jump in at any time in the series and read the book and have a whole beginning, middle, and end. The interconnected part is seven archangels. And these archangels have their own little mission they want accomplished. And in this case, in Walking Through Fire, it was Archangel Uriel. Mm-hmm. And um, he had... A, um, I guess, a treasure, if you want, an artifact that the the McKay family had protected through time. And with Simon's death, he was the last of the McKays, so he couldn't actually move on because he was he had to protect this treasure. Um, So that leads each book is going to be one of the one of the archangels. So, like um, in Fortune Fire, which is a really kind of a fun treat for me because I was like each one of these fire books I'm like doing my favorite tropes so this was a Scottish Highland ghost story in walking through fire okay and in fortune fire I've always wanted to write that roguish handsome highwayman and so my my um editor Amanda said I really like Beth. What's her story? And Beth was my heroine's best friend in the first book. Okay. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but I was like, how can I tell her story? Because that'd be a little difficult. And then I said, I know what I can do. I can have one of my archangels bring her back in time. So they get whisked off into uh, England and uh, in the, I think it was the late 1700s. And so I paired her up with my roguish uh, thief. And um, this time the uh, villain is a dashing demon. Yeah. And he has this gem he created called the Viper's Eye, which um, he gives to a human. So because demons aren't allowed to actually do bad stuff to humans. There's a law, but he can use an intermediary. So he finds this poor guy who's trying to figure out a way to save his daughter. So he gets the stone. And so obviously Kit and Beth are charged by the Archangel Ramil to get the stone. So that had a lot of fun because both of both Beth and Kit are very snarky. So I had a loads of fun writing up the bantering scenes between the two of them. Oh, I imagine. I find that interesting now, just, just to make a point, um, your, your demons have a law, so they have to use an intermediary. I find yeah. that intriguing, really. Well, in some ways, uh, the archangels have the same issue because, uh-huh. you know, in, in my universe, I set up, you know, God made these rules that, you know, demons and angels can do whatever they want to each other, but they can't actually directly, you know, you right. know kill human or whatever. Well, that but is interesting. Could, yeah. um, okay, so... Can't make it easy. <laughs> well, of course not, no. Um, with us talking about writing, tell me about 
the splendors of California for where you're located. And I remember because I went through some of your feed and (laughs) (laughs) I believe you saw a pond of dolphins. Oh, yeah. Oh, I kidnapped my best friend for her birthday. And we went uh-huh. to this um, resort called Terranea in uh, Rancho Palos Verdes. It, if, if anyone knows the history, that used to be the old marine land park. But um, so it's right there on a, a, a cliff side on the beach. It's gorgeous. And we were uh, taking a break and writing our various books on the balcony when I saw this crazy white line approaching. I'm like, what is that? And as it got closer and closer, I realized it was like, I don't know, 80 dolphins. Oh my goodness. It was huge. Yeah, everyone in the resort sort of like stopped going, wow, never seen that many dolphins in one place. I did watch the video a couple of times because I was like, what the hey? I know, I'm so bummed. I was like, come closer, my iPhone is all zoomed out. I can't get any closer. Okay, we're we're dwindling out on our seconds, but I do want to ask you one final question, if you don't mind. No, not at all. With with your career in music and books, tell me something. I mean, because you you got an IB&D page and all that. Tell me (laughs) something that you do regularly that pulls those passions together. Something I won't find in an internet search. Um, I'm surprised you didn't find my secret past of being in an equestrian, riding my horses and whatnot. But actually, I did see a bunch of horse pictures, but (laughs) it wasn't on your author page. Yeah. After we had a little brief conversation, I went searching for you and I wasn't (laughs) trying to bring that up because I didn't want to mention your other names. So I was trying to stay away from what I found there. Um, So (laughs) so what I combined and this is really weird, it, um, but there's this thing called dressage freestyles where um, the horses are doing, um, you know, a freestyle routine in a court to music. Oh. And so for a brief time, I had a company called Rhythm and Hooves. <laughs> and um, I helped these riders um, put their uh, music together. So it was a creative way but uh, not exactly linked to writing. <laughs> <laughs> well, it still incorporates um, a lot of your passion together, so we'll let it ride. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just one final thing. If you could tell your listeners, that readers and all alike, if you could tell our listeners, what is one thing that you want them to know about you as an author? Oh, what's no? Um, um, I will keep writing. <laughs> um, uh, obviously, I have the persistent gene. If it, you know, I hung in there for you know twenty years without publishing again, but I won't let them down. If they've um, found my writing enjoyable and they like to escape with it, I want to keep providing those stories for them. Wow. Well, for as much as you've told me and the search I've done, they are very enjoyable books. And I would 
advise all of our listeners to go look her up because she is a delight. And you oh, have thank delight. you. Thank you so much for being on tonight. Thank you so much, all of our audience. I appreciate you every time you come in. Um, yes, thanks tuned. for me too. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Stay tuned to next Tuesday. I misspoke on our last podcast, but next Tuesday, we're going to be doing something a little different. We're going to have two authors to interview and... We're looking into doing a live Facebook feed with a giveaway from yours truly. It's a $25 Amazon gift card. And you can spend it any way you want. <laughs> I won't tell. <laughs> so thank you so much again, CJ, for coming in. Have a great evening, everyone. Bye-bye for now.